Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. I have about 30,000 splinters in my mind at the moment, driving me mad as I'm piecing things together and watching things unfold in a way where it just makes me want to know more. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We're going to break down some of the stuff that's going on around the world today. Uh, we got to tie in some of these current events because they're important and they affect us, but I also want to jump into some of the things meditation is being used for to help bring about a peaceful future. Definitely a possibility from the research that I've been doing. Maybe it's something we need to be more mindful of and more focused on instead of these distractions called war that they keep throwing in our direction and cramming down our throats, keeping us in that state of fear, panic, and survival mode. Instead, let's take charge of our own futures and our own destiny and start to manifest the world that we want to live in instead of being told which timeline to follow. Feeling a little bit better, a little bit more energized today, but it still continues to be a tiring, uh, tiring week for me as it was last week. I barely squeaked the show in. Uh, I didn't get the newsletter out last week. Things are getting easier as the baby gets older. But uh, last week I talked about my dog Gizmo as well, who was having some difficulty. I almost put her down and then didn't have the heart to do it. I, uh, I did a lot of research. Her issue was one of her many issues. She still has good quality of life. Uh, still happy dog, but she's in a diaper and she pees and her urine smells horrible and it gets onto the carpet. And part of the issue was she would just drink gallons and gallons of water. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but all if there's water on the floor, she'd drink it until it's gone, you know, out of the bowl. So obviously there was something wrong with her kidney. So I did some research, you know, my on my holistic hat on and um, I found some diets for, for dogs that are dealing with kidney failure that have got some really good uh, reviews. And basically the challenge was what she was eating was causing her kidneys to work too hard and it wasn't filtering out all the toxins. And therefore, you know, her blood was becoming toxic and it was keeping her dehydrated because the water was just running right through her. She wasn't absorbing it. So I took her mainly off the kibble. And she's on a good kibble, but I took her mainly off the kibble because the kibble also contributed to the dehydration because there was a lot of sugar in there that was filtering out. And I made her just all natural. It was it was ground beef and chicken and apples and sweet potatoes and some spinach was in there. 
um, and some turmeric. So I, I made a combination of all this stuff, mixed it up in this whole big mush for the change was instant with the water consumption. As the first meal I gave her, she chowed it down, she drank a little bit of water, and that was it. And I haven't had a problem with her drinking water since. I can leave the water on the ground all day long. So I was feeling great about it. Like, all right, I saved my dog's life. How much longer am I going to have out of her? She's a 13-year-old boxer, so I recognize time is still short for her. But she's still having issues with, uh, you know, with her bowels and stuff. So it's tough decision to make. I talked about last week, you know, we having that, that power and that responsibility. It's, it's a tough one there. You know, uh, it's hard, especially when you have such a deep bond, um, you know, with your pet, with your, with your dog. So that's where I'm at right now with that. Baby's doing well. She had a rough week just being up and a little bit cranky, but she's doing good now. So I got a little bit of sleep last night feeling good, and today is Saturday. I'm really down to the wire, but the show must go on. I think about it all the time. Actually, to those of you out there, uh, I'm, I have a ton more information to put out, but I want to speak with uh, one of my partners in crime who's working on this project with me before I release his name as well uh, and his involvement. But uh, we're, we're building a larger platform. We have all of this controversy with fake news, and we have these mainstream organizations and even the alternative organizations that are constantly cramming the party line, the echo chamber, the fear down your throats. Not all of them, but, you know, there's there's a lot of confusion out there. And we are looking to build a credible, trustworthy platform that not only brings you these events, but also focuses on the solutions and the things that we can be doing in a positive way without trying to scare you. We're definitely going to keep you informed. But we want to keep, uh, you know, that positive spin on it. And, um, uh, you know, my personal venture is to cover things involving that sixth sense. Can I say that right? The sixth sense that we all have, that we're all part of, that we're all connected to, and how that impacts a lot of the things that we're seeing today. You know, I call it the secret podcast spin that I try to throw on it. But that's the reality is that there is something very real. I believe that that is being used against us through the media to influence our connection through this sixth sense. So we're looking to build a new platform. Actually, that platform is in the works. Why am I telling you this? Number one, to get you prepared. Number two, we're looking for content creators, whatever that may mean for you. If you're an artist, you could definitely use some artwork. If you're a blogger, if you're a podcaster, uh, if you're an author, if you're a writer, Please, right now, reach out to me through servicetochange.com as the platform starts to take hold. We'll have an official link available. Um, but I'm putting the call out there because we're there's strength in numbers here. And if you're enjoying you know, the secret podcast, if you enjoy the stuff that's up at serviceofchange.com, we're ready to expand that and really take the bull by the horns here, for a lack of a better saying, and, and work together to spread this information because there is more to reality than we realize. And we want to keep focused on that amongst so many distractions out there. And I have some brilliant minds Minds much smarter than me that are working on their own um, niches within this project. It's gonna it's gonna turn out to be something remarkably wonderful. If you're new to this, if you're you know if you consider yourself an amateur, if you're somebody who's starting to build your own platform, and you'd like to come join 
this project that we're doing, it's a great way to get your name out there. That's what we're looking for is that strength in numbers. So please consider, you know, I don't, I don't care if you have a 30-page long resume of how successful you are. If you say, hey, you know, here's what I'm interested in. I'm looking to get started. Reach out to me. You know, we just want to make sure that your your content is uh, you know, of a high held to a high standard, and that you can give us something on a consistent basis. Even if that's, hey, once a month I can write an article, or once a month I can do a video, or a podcast, whatever it is, let me know, and we'll see if we can find a home for you. Because, like I said, we're looking for uh, for content creators. So more to come on that. I just want to put that out there because we are moving forward with this project, and there are big things in the works. I would love for you to absolutely be a part of it. All right, that's long enough for this commercial. Uh, I'm going to move on. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on in the news. Last week we talked about the chemical attack in Syria. Uh, you know, i got to say, my opinion, I, I'm not believing the official story coming out of the U.S. It just... It, my main thing is the fact that they kept showing dead kids over and over and over again. Not saying children didn't die, just it felt like propaganda to me. And this is some of the stuff I covered last week as well, but... Like I said, I'm teaching a high school history course, but the the more wars that I'm covering, I've covered Vietnam and now I'm covering World War One. there's just always propaganda. And the idea behind the propaganda is to get the American people behind the government's agenda. We need to be focused on our own agenda. We need to be aware of this stuff that's going on, but you need to keep in mind that whatever you're hearing from the mainstream probably is not the whole truth and that's true of anything even what you hear from me as as open and credible as i as i consider myself to be there's always more to the story on my end it's not i would never intentionally mislead you but i may only have a piece of it sometimes people email me and say hey you missed this part oh okay i'll you know make an update make a correction some of the things i've talked about on facebook i'm you know i'm not perfect but we need to be mindful of what's going on here because it seems like there's a lot of moving parts at play here. So, Syria happens. The United States claims that the Syrian government attacked this town with chemical weapons. Russia's claiming that the Syrian government attacked some kind of warehouse that was storing chemical weapons, or it was rebels that launched this attack. They're not sure. Um, but I, f I felt like we launched that counter-strike pretty quickly without getting a full official story of what's going on. And, that's, and last, night, last week I was demanding, be a little bit more transparent. If you're going to be spending American tax dollars and you're going to be possibly drawing us into what many people are calling World War III, I saw that heading on InfoWars, is that that was one of the top searches in Google last week was uh, you know World War III. So that's on people's minds. I'm going to get to that significance in a minute as well. We need to, be, we need to see complete transparency from our government if that's what we're going to be doing. So now we've got Syria, Russia, we've got these issues now. North Korea's doing some saber-rattling. China's warning that, hey, we might be having some issues with this. It's, it's all just one giant cluster. Let me, let me jump back to Syria. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So CNN reports on April 12th, Putin implies plot to stage attacks in Syria and blame the Syrian regime. Russian President Vladimir Putin has suggested that unnamed forces inside Syria are plotting chemical attacks, which they plan to blame on the Syrian regime. We have information from a variety of sources that such provocations are being prepared in other 
other parts of Syria, including the southern suburbs of Damascus. Putin said Tuesday during a news conference with Italian President Sergio Mattarella. The Russian leader was responding to a question on the likelihood of further U.S. strikes against Syria following Friday's firing of 59 Tomahawk missiles against the Shariat airfield. Putin said that forces were planning to plant, quote, certain substances in parts of the country without giving further details. He said he would ask the Hague and the international community to investigate the allegations. Then it just goes through a, a recap a little bit. But so I'm, I'm hoping that Putin is giving the Hague this information that he has. Let me scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, no, he's not. We're not getting any sources here. So again, that's a strong accusation to make, and it, it definitely gets, um, you know, alternative media, independent media outlets spinning over. Hey, what's going on here? We know that the term "false flag attack" is a buzzword for a lot of the alternative media. Putin's dangling that in front of us right now, but again. Where's the evidence of it? Same thing. That's my same complaint with, with what the United States media is pointing out. Do I think that's a possibility? Absolutely, I do. But we're not getting the full story. For all we know, as corrupt as this world seems to be right now, maybe Putin and Trump are in this thing together, or the people behind Putin and Trump are in this thing together, orchestrating both sides, as we always tend to believe anyway. So, uh, you know, as far as I can tell right now, I haven't seen any evidence of this right now. I, I think it's just propaganda on both sides to create doubt, because this could be nothing more than an information or a disinformation campaign by the Russians to get us confused, or maybe Putin is telling the truth. I honestly don't know, but this is the type of stuff that's confusing the American people. This is why I said we need to expand in different directions. We need to be looking at things like the Farsight Institute with their Time Cross Project, because that's a way we can get we can get our own intel without relying on these people with the remote viewing process if we can go ahead and develop this uh, a little bit better on our own. Like I said, they offer free training courses through their website, thefarsightinstitute.org. All right, here we go. April 15th, 2017. This comes from us to us from 9news.com.au. North Korean military parades its weapons after its warning it is prepared for all-out war with the United States. Now, North Korea puts this out, it seems like, every other week. They put out a video of them blowing up Washington. They put out some kind of statement that they're ready to end us in this ball of glory, you know, this blaze of glory. But it says here, North Korea has warned the U.S. to end its military hysteria or face retaliation as a U.S. aircraft carrier group steamed towards the region and the reclusive state marked the Day of the Sun on the 105th birth of the anniversary of its founding father. Uh, let's see. Leader Kim Jong-un, dressed in a black suit, watched the military parade pour into Kim Il-sung Square, Pyongyang, accompanied by top military and party leaders, state television showed in a live broadcast. Led by rows of military bands, columns of troops toting rifles, and a troop of sword-wielding female soldiers marched into the vast square in the heart of the city, which was festooned in the national colors of blue, white, and red. Funny they reported blue, white, and red. We're red, white, and blue. They reported that in the exact opposite of uh, the way they would say the American colors. I mean, obviously that's the way the flag blows in the wind, but... That's interesting, too, from an esoteric standpoint. The inversion of something usually means the opposite of something. Just interesting. 
Today's parade will provide a chance to display our powerful military might, a male voiceover said on the TV broadcast. The hardware display Saturday included what appeared to be a new ICBM, which stands for Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, and a submarine-launched ballistic missile, which Pyongyang successfully test-fired last August, South Korea's Yonhap News Agency said. Okay, so this goes on to talk a little bit more about their parade and them showing off the things that they've had. So, uh, you know, based on my understanding, this guy does seem, Kim Jong-un does seem to be off his rocker, uh, especially because of how offensively repressive North Korea seems to be. But again, you know, I'm only as good as the sources of intel that I have, and right now it's all mainstream sources talking about North Korea. But I, I tend to subscribe to the fact that North Korea probably isn't the best place in the world to live right now. So are we possibly going to engage in nuclear war? I really don't think so, but are we going to have a lot of saber-rattling and fear distracting us looking in that direction? Absolutely. Um, may we have some bullets exchanged between the two countries? That's quite a possibility as well. I honestly don't know where we're going. It's just something we need to be mindful of. I'm saying some scary stuff here, but once I get into uh, you know, my last article here, there's a reason why we need to be aware of it, but there's things that I believe we can do to move past that and hopefully to avoid such a terrible conflict. I don't think it's going to get to that point, at least not at this point in the game. Let's jump into space for a minute. NASA scientists discover nearby ocean worlds that could mean life beyond Earth. This is from the Houston Press. Saturn's moon, Encladius, and Jupiter's moon, Europa, have been deemed the places most likely to host life outside of Earth, according to NASA scientists. Well, that's right in our backyard. That's amazing. On Thursday, NASA announced that two missions have captured new observations of active ocean worlds right here in our solar system. The findings were presented in papers published by researchers with NASA's Cassini mission to Saturn and work on the Hubble Space Telescope. Cassini scientists detected hydrogen molecules, which could potentially provide a chemically energy source of, for life. In water pouring into the subsurface ocean of Encladius from hydrothermal activity on the seafloor. The Cassini spacecraft found hydrogen in the plume of gas and icy material sprang from Cletius during its last and deepest dive through the plume on October 28, 2015. Cassini also sampled the plume's composition during flybys earlier in the mission. From these observations, scientists have determined that nearly 98% of the gas in the plume is water. About 1% is hydrogen and the rest is a mixture of other molecules including carbon dioxide, methane, and ammonia. It's believed the hydrogen came from a hypothermal reaction between the moon's ocean and its rocky core. More at this at serviceofchange.com in the show notes, but that's pretty awesome. And as I've said before, my theory is that we're going to discover life within the next 10 years. And I think we're going to discover microbial life and bacteria, which is going to be enough to get the world excited and say, well, life can exist anywhere in the universe if we're finding it right here in our solar system. It's only a matter of time. That I'm pretty confident in. However, they're only going to have the tiniest of things. It's not going to prove in the mainstream that intelligent life exists and has visited this piano. This piano. Am I saying piano? This planet. I think that that's going to be a big leap at first, um, and it's going to be such a gradual release to gradually prepare people for that level of information if that ever officially comes out. Side note, I have not heard anything more. I haven't gotten to do too much research yet, but with, um, with the claims of David Wilcock, uh, among others, that there's been ruins and artifacts discovered on 
in Antarctica, showing that there's been a much older civilization here on the planet. But again, check out the Atlantis piece from the Farsight Institute, and check out the Egyptian Pyramid um, remote viewing sessions by the Farsight Institute as well, and they paint a really amazing picture of uh, the, what happened in the past here on Earth. Definitely check those out, giving more insight into the ancient forgotten human history. All right, here we go. This one I found on April 1st, 2017 from cbsnews.com. The secret history of the U.S. government's psychic arms race. I know I've referenced this quite a bit when I talk about my remote viewing stuff. Uh, it's, you know, This one is an article that gives an overview, basically stating that uh, well, it's Annie Jacobson wrote a book called Phenomena, and this article is kind of an intro to the book that she wrote, breaking down the psychic arms race that happened between the United States and Russia. Basically, some stuff was found when Nazi Germany fell that talked about their psychic programs and the things they were trying to do to refine psychics. And this article gives a general overview of what the book's about. Uh, it says here, you have skeptics on the one hand who say this does not pass the scientific method muster. The experiments are not repeatable. It's pseudoscience, Jacobson said. You have others in the work who insist based on that CIA quote and some extraordinary stories locating hostages, locating lost weapons, down aircraft. So this debate, the science versus the supernatural, has been going on for decades, and it's infinitely interesting. Intelligence inf Officials refer to ESP using other terms, including remote viewing, to destigmatize de the idea, Jacobson said. They also changed the names of programs like Project Sunstreak to keep the Russians and Chinese from finding out about what they were working on. The Defense Department at one point even tried to train people to be psychic, the author revealed. That's where real grave problems arose, she said. The CIA's position was, this is individualistic, this is a biological phenomenon. It's physiological, and they sought to investigate Think of the anal analogy of, like, I can sting, I can sing in the shower. Think what Mozart does. That's how the CIA saw psychics. And that may be how the CIA saw psychics, but I think that that statement in here is a little bit misleading. I think it downgrades what is really happening, how everybody is a psychic. Every, one, every single one of us has the potential. Now, I'm going to use the Mozart analogy. Every single one of us can learn to play the piano. Not every single one of us can be Mozart. But we can certainly be using these abilities more so than we are right now. And that's from my own research that I've been doing, standing on the shoulders of other credible researchers that have looked into this. Uh, I, again, Courtney Brown and the Farsight have peer-reviewed um, documents talking about the, the, the effectiveness of remote viewing. So this, this is a proven phenomenon right now. So I, I haven't read the book. It sounds a little bit interesting, but I, I'm not crazy about the way this article almost seems to downplay it. It says, yes, the government did explore the psychic arms race. They did have some success, but I think it was a lot more successful than this. This article implies. So take that for what it's worth. There's a lot more to that and to this phenomenon of, of being a psychic. All right, here we go. This is the you know important to what I was talking about. We talked about all that negative stuff, all that scary stuff. We're going to war. Oh my gosh, let's be afraid now. Before I talk about this article here, we got to question our understanding of reality here. Now, I'm of the mindset that it's not what it seems, that there's more to reality than we realize, that our consciousness plays some form of a role in dictating that reality and how things are going to manifest in the world in which we live, in the world in which we think that we live in or perceive that we live in. Quantum studies have shown that con consciousness has an impact on reality, and, and I've been studying a lot of 
healing, psychic healing, and um, from from what I understand, from what I've learned, if you have a sickness and you want to heal somebody and you focus on in your head you're saying please make them better please make them better please make them better if that's your mantra in reality what you're reinforcing is they're sick they're sick they're sick because the fact that you're asking for them to be better the visualization you're actually putting out there to the universe is the fact that they're sick now i've, I've read this through multiple sources uh, you know, and other psychics and, and researchers, and this is what they've talked about. It seems to be a consistent thread. When you put it in your mind, instead of saying, please make them better, and you visualize them doing things they would normally do when they were well. So if somebody is sick and can't get out of bed, and your visualization is of you and that person going out dancing one night or playing a sporting event or just out hiking, if that's your visualization, that's setting the stage for the healing to occur. Now, I think we can apply that beyond just healing the sick. I think this is the this is the capability we all have to do that. Now, there's some stock in this. I talked. I did a show probably over a year ago now called the Maharishi Effect, and I've talked about it before. I have a website I'll share through the show notes, and it, it's a brief. It's a brief summary from of results, an analysis of the remarkable findings of the Maharishi. I can't even speak today, I'm so excited. The Maharishi Effect, the Extended Maharishi Effect, and the Global Maharishi Effect. And it runs down, it, it says here, in 1974, it was discovered in 11 cities in the USA that when the number of people participating in the Transcendental Meditation Program reached 1% of the city population, the trend of rising crime rate was reversed, indicating increased order and harmony in the life of the whole city. The research scientists named this phenomenon of rising coherence in the collective consciousness of the whole society through the practice of the Transcendental Meditation Program, the Maharishi Effect, in honor of His Holiness Maharishi Maheshi Yoga, who, Yogi, who predicted this effect in, as early as 1960. That's my chair. And for research involving several hundred other cities subse subsequently represented, uh, replicated this original finding. I'm getting all tongue-tied. Let me slow myself down. I'm going to read a list. They give, uh, I guess, journals... Uh, and places where you can find this information. I'm just going to run down some of the things they're having documented here. Under improved qualities of life, they have decreased crime rates, decreased suicide rates, decreased automobile accident rates, cessation of attack on a community and protection from ongoing armed conflict in the surrounding area. That's out of Lebanon. Uh, increased confidence in economy prosperity, Washington, D.C. Decreased crime in Jerusalem. Decreased violent crime, Washington, D.C. Decreased homicide, Washington, D.C. Decreased automobile accidents. Decreased number of fires in Jerusalem. Improved quality of life as measured by an index comprising data on fires, automobile accidents, and crime. That's out of Jerusalem. The list goes on and on and on. I'm inclined to accept this data, accept these results, because I've done a lot of other corroborating research in my journey. I challenge you to do the same. It's, it may not, to me, it's equally, if not even more exciting, but it may not be as exciting as North Korea is getting ready to do a nuclear, go to nuclear war, and we're dropping bombs on Afghanistan. Ooh, I got to address that issue too. You know, or the children in Syria. Because it's hitting a different emotional point for us. If we think of ourselves as emotional beings, if we think of our body as an emotional, energetic instrument, or a finely tuned energetic instrument that is played through our emotions. 
the harmony that we're currently resonating within is based on one of fear, based on that drama of sadness and hardship and, oh my gosh, this is so bad. Now, as the Maharishi Effect demonstrated, we have the ability to influence our current reality. So if only 1% of the population is able to meditate and bring about that positive change in the world, number one, I say, well, then what are we waiting for? You know, briefly using the, the concept that I spoke about. Let that be your starting point. But number two, think of all the people who aren't aware of this or who don't care about this. Because there's a lot of people out there that just don't care. Even if you were to tell them and show them the evidence, they say, look, I'm going to live my life the way I want to. I like drama. I like guns. I like fighting and violence. Now, what impact to those who watch the nightly news every day and read the newspaper every single day and don't have the balancing act of meditation or prayer or some other kind of positive ritual in their lives? That's a lot of people in the world. What are they putting out there to the universe? What are they reinforcing? And that, in my opinion, is the secret system of control and manipulation. Is that we, the people of this world, are the tuning fork for our reality. And we are being manipulated by what is thrown in front of us on the internet, on our television streams, in our newspapers to cause us consciously to manifest the stories that they're telling us. Now, I challenge you to go back and reference the, the sources that I've talked about here. Check into the Farsa Institute. Look at the research they've done. Look into the Maharishi effect. Look into the work of Greg Braden as well with the Divine Matrix and a lot of the talks that he's given talking about these things. Listen to the research behind some of the psychic healing phenomenon. There's another guy. I can't remember his name right now. I'm actually currently reading his book. You know what? Let me let me just pull it up. Uh, I'm listening to the audio book version. It's uh, Hands-On Healing by William Bankston. He's the one that's also talking about this. You picture somebody when they're well as opposed to picturing them getting better. There's a, and he's done a lot of good research as well. Look into that and understand the science behind it or, or understand that the phenomenon works. We may not fully understand how it works or why it works yet, but we do understand that this works and we only need 1% of the population is what this research is telling us. So if we can set aside time every single day to think about not I wish things were better, but picture your, picture your perfect world if there was no war, what you'd be doing or what the world would look like. And visualize that for five minutes a day. Try that, just holding that thought, holding that picture. I think we can make a difference. I think we can prevent this current timeline from ever manifesting. But I suspect that... Whatever is behind the curtain, I don't want to say the man behind the curtain because I think there's other stuff that's back there behind the curtain. I think that's how it's trying to manifest in this world is by using us to actually consciously create it. I think that that's the influence of spirit on matter. It can consciously manifest through our intentions. And that would make sense if you study the archons. You know, everybody that you know, is serious about researching the archons, they say they can't create, they can't create, they have no imagination. I don't think it's that they have no imagination. I think they don't have the power to create things into matter that mankind possesses, that we are unaware of. And I think that's what they're doing. They are creating the timeline. We are buying into that 
timeline, through that news cycle, through the religions that they preach to us, through the fear that they're instilling in us, and we are bringing about their agenda. Well, it's time to change that agenda. This is what we need to be mindful of. This, I think this is true revolution. I'm not the only one who feels this way. The next article I want to get to, Nepal's military set to use transcendental meditation to relieve global collective stress and stop War. This is from March 31st at CollectiveEvolution.com. Written by uh, retired Colonel Zotara Jung Karki and Dr. David R. Leffler. Nepal's army schools are finishing their first stage implementation of Invincible Defense Technology, IDT. The ultimate goal of IDT is to prevent enemies from arising by reducing the collective societal stress that culminates in war, terrorism, and crime. IDT involves use of the transcendental meditation technique and its advanced practices, ideally by the military, to reduce this collective societal stress. Imagine if that's what our military was used for. Imagine if that's what our police force was used for. Imagine if every society employed at least 1% of its population in doing just this. And then we taught it in every single school, which would increase those numbers as well. What if that's the future I envision? So we do have people that, I'm not even going to say the term fighting for us, we do have people that are building a better world on our behalf. And I say we join in that effort with them. I will have this article up in the show notes at serviceofchange.com. I highly recommend you check it out. This is the kind of stuff that needs to make the mainstream headlines. I had to cover the, the dark war stuff, you know, just because I see what's happening and unfolding in the world around us. We need to be mindful of that manipulation when you start seeing this stuff. For example, they, when they dropped that large bomb in Afghanistan, InfoWars reports actually the tunnels they blew up were made by the Central Intelligence Agency years ago. That's coming out of InfoWars. But the word they used was the largest non-nuclear bomb since the A-bomb was dropped. Now, the fact that they said non-nuclear, and what, what I'm seeing is that they're getting the term nuclear bomb out there in the media again. It's getting us thinking about nuclear war. The message that's probably being sent to Kim Jong-un is that, hey, we're not afraid to use this. We're not afraid to use something bigger. Trump's flexing his might right now, showing he's not afraid to use some of the big stuff that he's got. Okay. Now, from what I understand, this bomb was authorized under the Obama administration, but hasn't been used until now under the Trump administration. But my point being in, this, in the way in which they're using it, the words in which they're using, they're trying to take advantage of your own consciousness, your own power to create, to bring about whatever agenda that they have. Dennis, you sound crazy. Maybe I do. I've given enough sources in this discussion tonight that I think if you go back into your own homework, you're going to say, you know what, there is something to it. And what have we got to lose? I'm not saying don't prepare. I'm not saying don't train and don't have your family ready for a worst-case scenario. I certainly do that. But at the same time, I'm visualizing, I'm envisioning that peaceful world that we're going to see in the future. That's what we're going to manifest. This isn't just a new age, send love and light and go hug a tree and everything will be fine. No, there are real problems in this world that we need to deal with. Sometimes sitting there and meditating, it's too late for that because you're in the moment. You're in it and you need to deal with it. You need to neutralize it, eliminate it, and, and move on. But maybe we can stay, you know, prevent something much larger from happening. 
Okay, I'm, I'm just about out of time here. Uh, just a lot going through my head. If you get a chance, there's a movie on Netflix called The Discovery right online with this. I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to give away uh, what the film is trying to say, but it's all about consciousness and the afterlife and what happens after we die. I watched that movie and I said, yep, I think that's really good possibility, really cool. So take a look at that movie if you get the opportunity to do so. I really enjoyed watching that with uh, Steven Siegel, I think, was the uh, the main actor, and Robert Redford was also in there. So check it out. It's definitely a good flick, an independent film that you can find on Netflix. Again, call to action. If you are a content creator, if you're a podcaster, if you're an artist, if you're a blogger, if you're an author, if you're a YouTuber, a video producer, whatever you are, and you are interested in this stuff, you're trying to build a platform, you have a platform established, and you want to join a larger network that we're putting together, please reach out to me and uh, let's have a discussion because we are looking for interested people to help get this word out. We are able to impact change in this world. We are able to bring about peace and a much better way of life for all of us. We just need to stand together to get that word out. So check me out, servicechange.com. Click the contact tab. I would love to hear from you. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Thank you. Thank you.